Mark 8, let's read verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass afterward that he, that is Jesus, went throughout every city and every village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chuzes, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who ministered unto him of their substance. And when many people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts tonight concerning the sower, the seed, and the soil. Lord, I pray that you just... uh, Have your will and way in Jesus' name, amen. The rest of this parable, as Jesus begins, a sower went out to sow. He took the opportunity here, having gathered his disciples with him, and these ladies that were gathered there, as well as many others uh, out of these cities who followed him. He took advantage of, off the occasion. And so he began to talk about uh, the sower. He talked about the seed. And he talked about the soil. Now I'm asking myself, may you ask yourself, what kind of sower am I? And not only what kind of a sower am I, but what kind of soil am I? Or what kind of soil am I trying to sow the seed in? So if we look at that, uh, we see there in the scripture, we understand that that Jesus, uh, during this time, he was the sower. Okay, he was was sowing seeds. People were following him, and so he was sowing seeds all the way up to the point, as far as I'm concerned, until he died. All right? Upon his death... uh, and resurrection and even ascension from there to now, you and I, as Christians, we are the sower. Uh, the Bible says a sower went forth to sow. And I may say this again, but we understand and know if a seed is not planted, don't expect it to come up. It's not going to come up in the bag. Someone told me, I, it may be one of you that's in here, They wanted to plant watermelons, and they wanted seedless watermelons, so they went to the seed store, told the man they wanted seedless watermelon. He sold them a packet. They get home and open it up. There wasn't anything in it. He said, what do you think I ought to do? I said, just plant the bag. Well, we know we have to have seed. I don't understand that process. I have no idea how you can plant a seed, and the watermelon comes up, and it don't have any seed in it. Uh, and I'm probably sure you know how to do it, and I'm glad you do. It don't bother me. I just love to eat them. But Jesus turned that, that, uh, 
sower over to you and me when he said, go ye therefore. Where do we go, Lord? Everywhere. I don't remember. It's been many, many years ago, way before I came here. But I was accused one time, one day I was out visiting and the person says to me, you're a little bit out of your territory, aren't you? I said, well, I didn't know what my territory was. I'm just out here trying to encourage and invite people to come. Well, I think you might be out of your territory. Well, I didn't see no other sower out there. So, you know, but we're the sower. We have the seed. The seed is the word of God. Nothing can take the place of the word of God. I love gospel music, and I especially love it. And no, listen, really, no gospel song is called, should be called a gospel song unless it's got the word of God in it, okay? Such as we sang this morning. Such as we sang tonight. I mean, I mean, they've been people saved just through a song, okay? Um, when we think about this, of course, the seed is the word of God, and, um, you know, um, life uh, has its downfalls in many ways, and sometimes we feel like, hey, we're on the downhill slide here. But the reason uh, that we as sowers need to sow the seed so it'll come up and produce what? Come on. Fruit. That's what we're looking for in our gardens, aren't we? Uh, you know, I'd love to just go out and look at, look at mine now. Don't have any fruit whatsoever on it. But it's just getting off the ground good. Or out of the ground. And uh, so are the weeds. So that brings up a point, okay? We have a good plants growing. The, the rows look good. But down there also, I noticed Saturday, a few little weeds began to show up. Now, grant you, it is too wet to plow. It's too wet to even walk off there. Now, as we as sowers go forth with, the Bible calls it precious seed. To sow, you mark it down, the devil is somewhere in the area. He is the weeds. I mean, can, do you eat weeds? I don't know any humans that eat weeds. Now, you, you might say I'm different. Well, if you are, and you're getting them along on weeds, you ought to do well. You shouldn't even have to plant a garden. Just plow it up and... And the weeds will show up. But we know for a fact that the weeds, I mean that the, the uh, seed will do no good uh, as long as it's in the package, okay? The Word of God is powerful. The Bible said it's powerful. Then it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And so we must take the Word and sow the Word just simply by sharing with others. So let's look at some of this soil. Now we're going to jump around, so the best thing to do, and Cassie, if you want to try to keep up, it's fine. If you don't and can't, don't worry about it. But we're going to stay in, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 8. So we're going to read verse 5 and 12, okay? And I want you to notice uh, what 5 and 12 have to say. You going to try it, girl, or just let her go? Okay. We'll wait on you then. You're worth waiting on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hit the button. Okay. Thank you. All right, here we go. Look at it. A sower. Now, who is the sower? We are, as Christians. 
A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Now get this, okay? You may want to underline some stuff. I underline a lot of just words, okay? Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh to the then cometh the devil, remember, the weeds, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now that, that that's that hard soil. Now the word wayside here was little paths that people trod every day. And some of these paths divided up the different plots of crops, okay? And I can remember those. I can remember those little paths in huge gardens where people trotted back and forth getting the goods, getting the fruit. And so that soil, because of people's foot traffic on it, became so hard that when the seed was scattered, it didn't go anywhere. I mean, it's hit on the hard ground, and it just couldn't get a start. And so when we look at that, we see the, the hard soil. And you mark it down. There are people that you and I are going to witness to that their souls have become hardened. They have become calloused to the Word of God to the point that they will hear, but that's about as far as it goes. So not only this hard soil, but let's look at verse 6 and 13. We see another type of soil. It's called, the, it's called shallow soil. Verse 6 says, And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. All right? 13 says, They on the rock are they who, when they hear, Receive the word with joy. They're excited about hearing the word of God. And these have no root. Who for a while believe and in time of testing fall away. You see the devil um, is going to test us. The devil's going to tempt us. He's going to do everything he can to undermine what the Word of God says. I mean, he's a doubter, okay? Uh, well, I doubt. Remember what he told uh, Eve? Oh, I doubt if God meant you die. No, God didn't mean he would, she, would, he and she and Adam would die right then. But the word shall is what was put in there. The day you partake of this fruit, you shall die. In other words, the death process started taking place. So when we look at this, this shallow soil, it illustrates an emotional hero. An emotional hero who quickly hears the word and, and, and becomes interested in it. And then when the hard times come, it just sort of fades away. Well, it's not what I thought it was. Church is not what I thought it was. I went and no one reached out to me. I went and no one offered to help me in any kind of way. Listen, y'all, that's why I am just a harper on making sure we speak to guests and offer to help our guests in any way we can because on any given service, seated on every pew is at least one broken heart. 
No, they're not going to tell you my heart's breaking. You've got to figure it out. You've got to discern the Spirit of God and, and the Spirit that's working on them and, and to look in their, into their, uh, to their face. Um, Joseph. No, help me out, y'all. The cupbearer just slipped my mind. Well, I'll declare church. Who was a king's cupbearer? What? No. Nehemiah. I should have asked Daryl to start with. You're right, Daryl. Thank you. Nehemiah. He was a king's cupbearer. Why? Because God put him in that position. That's why. And so, everything that was brought before the king, whether it be wine, whether it be water, whether it be food, Nehemiah was to taste of it. Why? So if it was poison, he'd do the dying and not the king. You see, the devil don't want the word of God penetrating the soul of the lost. He don't care if it passes through their minds. But he don't want it penetrating the soul because once it penetrates the soul, that seed's been planted, okay? That seed's been planted. And then hopefully somebody's going to come along and water that seed. And then, hey, it's no hopefully here. After the seed is planted, after the seed is watered, what happens in our garden? Something's going to come up. Bible says that one plants, one waters, but it's God who gives the increase. Now, you know, hey, I'm thankful for that. Let's look at verse 7 and verse 14. It's talking about um, the crowded soil. Verse 7 and 14. It says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse 14. And that which fell among thorns are they who, listen, when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit of perfection. I don't have to tell you to remind us we will. Hey, there are so, there are so many things going on in our world. It's a wonder at all that any adults whatsoever is being saved. There is so much for people to be involved in and engaged in. And they, they, they don't think about, hey, I need to spend some time with God. But the Bible teaches that God's supposed to be first. Not down the line somewhere. Now, let me, may I say something here? Um, we had, I, I, would, I would lose count, we had a host of guests among us today. I mean a host. But when we went through the care cards, I don't recall maybe one family host. We, I'm not saying you, we are falling down on getting our, the care cards into the hands of those who are guests. If you look and see somebody and you don't know them, hey, go up and ask an embarrassing question. Are you a guest today or a member? I'm sorry if you're a member. Please forgive me. But are you visiting today? 
Yes, I am. Have you gotten a care card? We're going all over this building fellowshipping, okay? Nothing wrong with that. But we need to make sure these people have got a care card and a pen in their hand and say, now, please, the pastor will call for these at the end of the service and take them up. They could be that soil uh, that's crowded. You know, hey, things just bombarding me. I'll just go to church and see if things don't get better. So we, we've got to look at it hard, y'all. I asked Lynn and my nephew, his church is just growing by leaps and bounds. I mean, in, in North Carolina, I mean, running two and three services on a Sunday. I says, what is the secret? And this is what they simply said, word of mouth. Word of mouth. Inviting, encouraging. And when someone comes, make them feel so welcome, they'll be afraid you're going to ask them out to eat. Hello? We got to do it, y'all. I mean, our church, God's blessing our church. We don't want to lose that touch. Okay? Well, we, we think about the hard soil and the shallow soil and the crowded soil. But now let's look, <coughs> excuse me, verses 8 and 15. Verses 8 and 15. This is the good soil, okay? We love to plant. I love to plant in good soil. Good, rich, dark dirt. Hey, sometimes I don't even need fertilizer. I just need waiting on a seed. So look what he says. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bore fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he said. Now Jesus has spoken, and that's what he says. If your ears are cleaned out and you can hear, I want you to hear what he says. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now the devil puts molds and mildew and all kind of stuff in our ears so we don't really physically hear what we need to hear. Look at verse 15. But that, but that on the good ground are they who... Listen, in an honest and good heart, honest and a good heart, having heard the word, they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, I know sometimes it might get bothersome to you to go out and visit and invite and encourage and get no response whatsoever. But notice what the last word of verse 15 is. We need to do it with patience. Keep on sowing. Keep on watering. Keep on sowing. Keep on watering. And at the right time, God will give the increase, okay? He will. He's promised to give the increase. Um, an individual who hears the word and understands it, hey, they're going to grasp it. And it's going to begin to grow. And, uh, you know... Don't feel like it, uh, I don't know how to say this. Don't feel like it, we're in a race and it's somebody's getting ahead of us. Okay, as Christians, we're in this thing together. And my preacher friends, we all, every time we meet about here, we discuss, hey, we are not in competition with others. We're in this together. So it makes no difference who's planting, who's watering. We're in this together. 
And we need to stick with the, uh, stick with the, with the program that God has set before us. But when we hear um, and share the word, look, look at verse 16 and 18. 16 through 18, Cass, if you don't mind. Now, this, is, this makes good sense here. If, if we have the light of Jesus in us, it says, No man, when he hath lighted a lamp, cover it, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bush, under a bed, but sitteth it on a lampstand that they who enter in may see the light, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hidden that shall not be known and come to light. Take heed, he says. You've heard what I said. He now says, I want you to make sure you hear what I've said. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. How we hear. And again, the devil will cause us to lose hearing if, the, if God is speaking to us. Look what he says. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Words, if we got it and we don't use it, hey, you, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose that, it, that uh, uh, enthusiasm. The Bible says that we are the what of the earth? Salt of the earth. Now, if the salt has lost its sever, if the salt has lost its taste, if the salt has lost its edge, if the salt has lost its enthusiasm, Jesus said it is not good for anything. It's good for nothing but to be cast out under the foot of men. These, this little path where the hard soil was, the, the, was just beaten down by the foot of men and the soil became harder and harder to the point that it no longer could could receive the seed. It was hearing, but it was no longer receiving it. Now, I've heard people say, look, you don't know me. I've gone too far for God to save me. Then let me ask you, let me tell you what I try to say. Well, sir, would you tell me what you mean, please? I need to know that if you've gone too far, I want to know where you base this on and let them tell you Hey, they could have got their feelings hurt in church somewhere. Some preacher may have mistreated somewhere along the way, and they've just turned their back on everything. We need to know. We need to ask. It's almost, it's almost like when we plant our gardens. You know, I, I, I did. I planted brand new corn seeds. I mean, I made sure it was in the ground, but it's real skippy. You know, evidently might have been some bad seed. Could have been covered too deep. There's all kinds of reasons out there why people say, I've gone too far. I want to know, what do you mean you've gone too far? Now, the Bible says, I know what it says, when it says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. I understand that. But I hear again, I can't see God sending anybody to hell that has at least one inkling of a desire to follow him, to accept him. 
to, for them to say, hey, I've gone too far. Now the devil, those weeds, those weeds, if you, if you want to disprove just, just to yourself, let it be an example in your garden. Pick a nice healthy tomato plant and don't do anything to it. Don't even gather the fruit. Just let the weeds have the way and see what outgrows what if it's, if it's unattended. says to me, our people, our people, we all need coaching. We all need guiding. We all need encouragement. We all need the weeds pulled away from us sometime to where we can breathe. And especially those people who might say, you don't know me, Pastor, I'm gone too far. Let's look at 19 through 21, and we will be uh, finished. And we're still talking about uh, Jesus here. He's talking about new relationships. It says, then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come to him because of the crowd. Okay, they wanted to get to him. And it was told him by a certain who said, hey, your mother's out there. Your brethren are out there. They're they just, they just standing out there on the outside, and they really, they, they have a desire. They want to see you. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these who hear the word of God and do it. And do it. Mothers are important. And I wouldn't dare say, hey, Jesus was disrespectful to his mother. No. His mother was already a follower. The 12 brethren, with the exclusion of one, was already a follower. He was trying to deal with those because him knowing everything, he was trying to deal with those that needed it most or needed it the worst. Now, how can we know? We can't. So that's why it's so important to make ourselves available to those who come into this room every time we meet, to feel them out, encourage them, invite them. What kind of sower are we? Father, I pray that you would just help us to realize and know that uh, you have blessed us by giving us the responsibility to be a sower of your word. You've given us the precious seed, and that's your holy word. Lord, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. And I pray for these that are here tonight that you would bless every home that's represented. Lord, if there's anyone in here that needs to make a decision tonight, I pray that you give them the courage to come forward. God, we, we love you. We thank you for always being there for us, Lord. And I pray that you give us a good evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mark.